or when you get you know hyper, then that that's why it goes up. But I, I want to tell you this real quick: a normal heart rate is between 60 and 100. A normal heart rate is between 60 and most relaxed adults have a resting heart rate below 90 beats per minute. Below 90 beats per minute. Now I'm going to give you a couple of statistics. Your resting heart rate can tell a lot about you. It can help identify potential health problems as well as gauge your current health, your current heart health. In some cases, now here's a, here's a really cool thing. Um, in some cases, in a lot of cases, the lower your heart rate, the better the shape that you're in. The better, because what happens is, is your body is used to um, that, um, that activity it's, and it can, it can maintain uh, a lot of things going on and stay at a lower pace. So really, typically, if you're in good shape, then, you're, then your heart rate's going to be lower, which is why Pastor Stephen was like, because you were in your 50s? Is that what you were? Oh, 58, whatever. Um, so check this out. This is a lower heart rate. Now, this is something I wrote down that I, that's what I think is really powerful. A lower heart rate allows the heart to maintain a healthy rhythm. Check this out. Check this out. And respond to routine stressors. How many got some routine stressors? How many got kids that get ready for in the morning for school? How, how many of you know that's a stressor? How, how, how many of you have dealt with traffic? That's a routine stress. Now, now, this is a very interesting thing because all of us have routine stressors. There are things that occur on a pretty much daily basis that could cause us stress. Now, check out what having a good heart rate does. A, a, a lower heart rate allows the heart to maintain a healthy rhythm and respond to routine stressors. The word here is efficiently. Efficiently, which would mean that the things that would get some people all jacked up and, and, and get them all, all geared up and all wound up and have them get, get all full of anxiety, those things won't necessarily do that if, you're, if you can know how to maintain a good heart rate. I wrote this down. If a healthy rhythm is important for a natural heart, how much more, say much more, how much more for our spiritual heart to have a healthy resting place? And how do we... As believers, see, we're in the middle of the word of, of the series called Pace. How do we, as believers, get to a place where we have a spiritual resting heart rate, where rest is a part of who we are? I, I said this previously, but I, I want to say it again. Um, I had been preparing for this um, part of the series a while back ago. And my first indication, to be honest with you, was to go a lot of the natural route. Um, cell time usage. How, how, much, how, how, how much screen time are you getting? I'm in the middle of reading a book called Digital Minimalism. Digital Minimalism. If you're interested, you can download it too. And, and, and it really talks about these kinds of things. Um, how, you know, are, are you spending quality time having conversations face-to-face? Or is your face-to-face conversations look like this, kind of looking at... And, I, and I, I was going to deal with those because, honestly, they're real issues. They, they really are. And, and I'm concerned, I'm concerned that, that we do not know how to have... I'm very concerned that we call people friends on Facebook that we've never met. And that you defriend people you don't even know. 
I'm, I, the, I, we, we have a very skewed idea of face-to-face relationships. Most people don't even know how to carry on a conversation. And even with our spouses, with our children, with our, and, and, and I'm, I'm concerned that, that if we don't get this in check, but, but in reading and, and, and going that way with digital minimalism, I, I realize this. That if, if we dealt with that issue, if we dealt with that issue, we would be dealing with the root of some, we would be dealing with the fruit of something instead of the root of something. Uh, in this book, I, I want digital minimalism, it gives, it talks about this. There's this analogy of, of pigeons. It's amazing. They did this analogy with pigeons and um, they, they had um, these pigeons and they um, had pellets for them to get. And so every time that they would peck, they would get a pellet and peck, they would get a pellet and peck, they would get a pellet. Okay, and what happened after a period of time, because every time that they would peck, they would get a pellet, the pigeons got disinterested in getting a pellet because they knew every time that they would come that they would get one. So they did this where the pigeons never knew when they were going to get a pellet. And the pigeons responded so crazily to that, that they, that they pecked so hard, that they pecked so hard that they actually did harms to their, some of them even died. They pecked it so much because they couldn't decide. They, they didn't know when, when it was going to come. And, I, and I, you guys might not know this, but they're behind the scenes on the likes. You, the idea, you, the, I, if you don't think social media, how many of you have ever thought something? This is so weird to me. How many of you have ever thought something in your brain and you feel like, I haven't said it, I haven't even told anybody about it, and it shows up on your Instagram gram, gram feed? That is weird. Some, there are times where you think, man, I wonder about that. And it sh- it's like, they, it's like they, have, they know these things about you. Do you want to know something? They do. There are studies. Listen, they are watching your moves. And I'm not trying to be like weird. But I, <laughs> what's that thing? Whatever. Um, but I'm not like trying to like say that they're after you or anything. Uh, all I'm saying is, is that if you don't think that there's something behind social media, if you don't think that the people don't want you to be addicted to it, if you don't think that they want you to be on it, you're, you're kidding yourself. In, in digital minimalism, what they do behind the scenes is, how many of you ever posted a picture? So everyone raise your hand, pretty much. Okay, but how many of you rechecked it to see if you got likes? Everyone now raise your hand. Okay, here's an interesting thing. Do you know that they hold likes, that they hold them? So that, do you want to know something? So you'll get a like, and then, and then, and then you have like three of them, okay? And you're like, well, that stinks, you know, whatever. Um, and then what happens is, is you look again, and it's still three. It's still three. And so then, then you're like, oh my God, refresh, refresh, refresh. I don't, ah. And so, and so then, and what happens is, is then you look again, and it's like 25, Here's the thing, they, do, they hold likes and then disperse them so that you'll hit refresh, 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 like those penguins. They're working behind the scenes. And they want you addicted to digitalism. They want you. And, and I'm going to tell you something, if you don't know how to control these areas of your life, we will pass on a digital disease from one generation to the next and not have conversations. So, but, but, I, but I do wanna share this. It's how I feel about diets. It's how I feel about a lot of other things in my life. That is between you and the Holy Spirit. I'm not gonna tell you, I'm not gonna tell you that you should probably turn your off button on during dinner, off during dinner. I'm not gonna tell you that it's important to have a healthy conversation with your spouse at night. But the Holy Spirit will. 
And when he does, you should heed him. But I realized in doing that, I, what I realized was is that if we, if we just deal with that, if we just deal with that fruit of that, if you just, if you just make a couple of adjustments, that, if, that, that what will happen is, is it'll just be the fruit of something and not the root of something. How many of you have ever had a, friend's, a friend tell you how to, how to lose weight or about a diet? Okay. How many of you tried it? How many of you stopped trying it? How many of you know what happened is the reason you stopped trying it is because it wasn't your own conviction? And when something becomes your own conviction, it then compels you to keep at it. And so I want to deal with the root of something today. Um, Josh, last week, if you were with us, he ended, he ended the service with a scripture in Hebrews. And, and um, if you were with us, um, um, Josh got super excited at the end. He got so excited, he like hit the pulpit, kind of excited. Like he was like, yeah. But he read the scripture in Hebrews, and he read it kind of fast, and it was towards the end. And, um, and so, but, but the Holy Spirit wanted me to bring it back up to you. I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about it. It's in, it was in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4, and he read like 3 through 11. And now the author of Hebrews, which we're not sure who that is, um, some say it's Paul, some do no, in that, in that in those verses, that the author is talking about two different forms of rest, two different forms of rest. And, and how many of you, one of the forms of rest is he talks about heaven. How many of you know heaven's a resting place? Amen. How many of you know, how many of you are excited for heaven? Woo! He says, no more sickness, no, no more sorrow. There's no more. And we, we, and we could probably, if I just said heaven, a bunch of you could just rip out a song, you know, um, when we all see Jesus, what a day we. Okay. So, I mean, we all, and so there's a, as believers, as believers, we, um, heaven is a very real thing and we should be excited about heaven. It's a resting place for us. It's a place we're going to, but there is another resting place. And Josh talked about it. And if you want to go read those verses out of the message, he read them out of the passion translation, but you can read them out of any translation, but there is a resting place for us. And that is a resting place of today of on this earth of on this earth. And, and so we've got to figure out what that looks, what that, what that looks like for us. Um, and, 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 what, and in, in that verse in Hebrews, it starts off, the very first part, it says, have caution, or it's a warning. The very first verse is a, it's a warning because something happened, and here's what happened. The Israelites, um, they got brought out of Egypt, and, and they were promised a promised land. And they were going to go into that promised land. But they never got to enter in to the promised land. See, this was Old Testament. So the, the New Testament Hebrew author, Hebrew's author, is referring to an Old Testament time. And he says, listen, he says, be warned that you don't act like an old. See, sometimes we don't think, well, the Old Testament is not applicable. Actually, it is. Because the, in, in the New Testament, it reminds us not to act like the people did in the Old Testament. It says, I'm going to warn you not to do what they did or you won't enter into your own personal promised land. You won't enter into the good things that God has for you. And those people that were brought out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage, out of devastation, out of no life at all, they were brought out by Moses and brought into a place and they were supposed to enter into a promised land and they never entered in because of their complaining and their grumbling and their dissatisfaction. And he says, be careful that you do not repeat the same mistakes that they made. And he talks to us about a resting place. So there is a rest that we can have on this earth. Now, what's interesting is that 
the, the Israelites, they spent so much time consumed with their present difficulties that they forgot about where they were heading. And so we've got to, I wrote this down, it says, there is a rest in eternal life, but that's not the only rest. There is a rest in this present life. But this is where I want to get to. Many of us are trying to deal with a natural need for physical rest and peace, but fail to realize that our spiritual rest affects our physical rest. Our, now check this out. Our our spiritual rest, what's going on inside of here, affects our physical rest. How many of you have ever said this? How many of you have ever woke up tired? Woke up tired. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. How do we, how do we wake up tired? Which, which leads me to believe, which leads me to believe that rest is not just the physical. If it were, when you woke up, you would be rested. So we have to realize if you can wake up tired from sleep, that there must be something more to rest than actually sleeping. Okay. I, I said this when I opened up. I said this when I opened up. Um, you, you two can come back up again. You two can come up. I, I, um, in the very first week, I said this. I said... Many of us are looking for peace in life, and our peace is connected to our, how many remember? Our peace is connected to our what? Our peace is connected to our pace. So many of us in this world, we're looking for, we're looking for peace, okay? And we realize that sometimes our peace was connected to our pace, but then this is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me, spoke to me yesterday. He said, he said this, he said, but our pace... Our pace is directly connected with our rest. Our rest. Ha okay, so just hold on just one second. See, we... Just look, stand there and look good. See, we go... The Bible instructs us to go after rest. In that, in that same chapter in Hebrews, it says labor to be in what? It says labor. So, so here's the thing. Peace isn't something we go after because peace is a fruit of the... Come on, talk back to me this morning. Peace is a fruit of the what? So you can't go after peace because it's a fruit of the... But the Bible instructs us to go after, to go after rest. It says labor to enter into rest. Check out what this version says. It says um, in the message, it says, let's do our best to enter into that rest. Uh, um, in the NIV, it says, make every, effort in the NIV, make every effort to enter into rest. In the American Standard, it says, we should be diligent to enter into rest. So rest is something that we enter into, and peace is something that is given to us by the fruit of the Spirit, and our pace is determined by our rest, and our peace is determined by the fruit of the Spirit working within us. If we know this, if we know that our pace of our natural heart directly affects our lives, then we should also know that the pace of our spiritual condition will affect our lives. 
fought you guys up a little bit early, so you guys are just going to just keep looking good. <laughs> just smile. So what are we going to do there? What are we going to do then with the troubled heart? What are we going to do with the troubled heart? If, if you're waking up and you're saying, I'm t now don't raise your hand if this is you because you don't want anyone to know your business. Just be a friend. It's a friend. How many of you have friends that say they have anxiety? Just friends, not you. How, 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 many, how, how many of you know people that are stressed out? Like I said, not you. Just raise your hand. Just not you. Just friends that you know. Stre stressed out. You know, you know these people that, that live like full of anxiety and fear. Full of anxiety. And, 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 and the word has something to say about that. Listen, in John chapter 14, John chapter 14, he opens up that book and says, don't let your hearts be opens up the book, opens up John chapter 14, which is all about the vine and abiding in him and he abides in you. He opens up that portion of scripture and says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Not only that, later on in that verse, later on in that chapter, and in chapter 14, verse 27, he says it again. He says it like this. It's in the, it's in the New Living. He says, I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and what? And the peace I give you is, the, is, is a gift the world cannot what? So don't be what? Troubled or afraid. So I've got to learn how, how do I get my, my, not just my physical rest, how do I, how do I know, I know that my internal rest is connected with my physical rest. I, I know this to be true because if that were not so, when I physically rested, I would feel complete and refreshed. But when I wake up tired and stressed out from a natural rest, I know that it must be internal. We're trying to fix way too many things externally instead of internally. Now, now check this out. Check this out. All right, ready? Don't drop me. Let me fall back just a little bit more. Okay, there. Okay. So I want you to know something. This is resting. This, this is resting. What I'm doing right here, this is resting. This is sleeping. Okay? But this is resting. And we've got them confused. Rest is not sleep. We're trying to fix resting problems with sleep and sleep is not the issue you don't sleep well because you don't rest well and rest is found in the word of god and in the presence of god. i'm thank you guys i appreciate you give it up you looked really good i'm gonna take you and i'm praying right here at this portion that something happens to you as it's happened to me on the inside. I'm going to take you back to an Old Testament portion of scripture in the book of Exodus with Moses. And I want, to, I want you to see something this morning that has gone off inside of me. Listen, listen to me, you guys. We have people, us included, as, be as believers. Do you know something? That when you're anxious and stressful and you have anxiety, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. It's actually a sin. The Bible says, be anxious for. 
Then he goes on to say, but make every request by prayer and supplication. Let your request, I'm sorry, I messed that up. Let your request be made known unto God. Who, then it goes on to say, who gives you the peace of God that surpasses all your natural understanding. We are trying to fix our solutions. I just need another nap. No, you don't need another nap. Now take a nap. I, I'm not, I'm, here's the problem. I'm not against something to be for something else. But if you think that natural sleeping is going to fix your non-resting, you're missing it. You're not resting because you don't know the promises of God in your life. You can't sleep well because guess what? If you did, if you knew the promises, the word of God says, I'll give you sweet sleep. If you knew the promises of God, you wouldn't wake up and go, well, that was a horrible night's rest. Well, why was it a horrible night's rest? Because he's given you everything that you have need of. The rest of God is not sleep. It's resting in the promises of God. Now, now take a nap. I love a good nap. I'm not anti-nap. And here's the thing. God has, through this series of pace, he's done a work in me. I have slowed down, and I think it's important. Because guess what? I'm going to answer to God for every idle thing. I, not just every idle thing I say, but every idle thing I do. If God doesn't say to do it, then don't do it. But if he does call you to do it, then guess what? There'll be grace, so stop complaining about the grace of God on your life. If you're complaining, then you're not walking in the grace. If he told you to do it, then shut up and do it happy. And do it with joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. And act like you're excited about the gift of God and the work of God on your life. Amen? That was free for you. <laughs> Exodus, Exodus chapter 33 now. I'm going to be reading this out of the New Living Translation. And I'm going to start in verse, where am I starting in verse? Um, seven. Okay. It was Moses' what? Okay, say it again. It was Moses' what? Now, practice means that it happened more than once. Okay, and it means it happened more than once. It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meetings and set up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of meetings outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent of meetings, all the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents. And they would watch Moses until he disappeared inside. And as he went into the tent, a pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. And when the people saw the cloud... Standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. And inside, and inside the tent of meetings, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Now, now skip down, skip down with me to verse 13. Here's Moses, he's in the tent, okay? He's in the tent, and he's talking to God. That's what he says. If it is true that you look favorably upon me, look at your neighbor and say, God likes you. Some of you are like, really? <laughs> no, no, look at your other one. Say, God, God really, he likes you. You're the righteousness of Christ. He looks, listen to me, he, he enjoys you. You're the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He paid a price for you. This is Moses, but he's under the old covenant, so he's talking to God. He says, he says, um, if it's true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. 
And remember, I love this part. And remember that this nation is your very own people. He, he's in the tent and he's saying, hey, God, hey, 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 God, I want to know you. I want to learn your ways. I want to know more about you. And hey, don't forget, I didn't decide to marry this spouse. You gave them to me. They're on my nerves. That's kind of how it's going. Hey, hey, listen. Hey, these kids that are acting all squirrely, remember, you gave them to me. God, don't forget about them. Help me out. This listen, don't forget, this, these all belong to you. They're in my life, but they belong to you. Don't you forget about them. Don't you forget about them. In verse 14, the Lord replied. I feel like I'm super loud. The Lord replied. I will personally go with you, Moses. And I will give you, oh, did you put the verse up? Can you find it? Carson, go help him find it. Oh, Exodus chapter 33. I'm sorry, Chase. I apologize. That's my fault. Exodus chapter 33, verse 14. Thank you, son. I really do apologize. And the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you what? Everything will be fine. And then Moses said this. If you don't go, if you don't personally go with us, don't make me leave this place. I, I, I want to stop right here. Some of us are leaving the place without checking in with God first. We're leaving the place. Some of us are we're leaving states. We're leaving jobs. We're leaving spouses. We're, 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 I'm just telling you, we're leaving places. And we haven't checked in with the author and the finisher of our faith. We're not checking in with the one who wrote, the, who wrote your plans down. And Moses is saying, hey, look, God, if you don't show up, if you don't go before us, I'm not leaving here. And I love verse 16. It says, how will anyone know that you look favorably upon me and on your people? How will they know? How will they know that he's in our life? If you don't go with us for your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people. I want to tell you something. You want to find this? You got to get in this. You got, you got to get in this tent. Because see, what the tent was a, was a symbol of was the presence of God. And see, now, and there's some religions that are still practicing this out there, but I just want to tell you something. There's no, there's no Moses in your life that needs to go to God for you. You have access to him. You, the very presence of God, listen, the very presence of God lives within you. It's housed within you. And you're trying to get all kinds of this, and you're fitful, and you're irritated, and you're, and you're anxiety, and you're stressful. And I'm going to tell you something. You think that sleep is going to fix it, but I'm going to tell you something. The only thing that fixes it is coming into his presence. His presence is where you find rest. It's where you find peace that surpasses. That's why I thought about this the other day. Do you realize that when Jesus was on the boat and the storm was going on, he was the only one sleeping? Do you realize it wasn't that he wasn't aware of the storm? He just wasn't even nervous about it. 
He wasn't even nervous. Listen, God, Jesus already knew what was going to happen. And so many of us were have anxiety and fear. And we were upset about something because we don't know the future. But you don't know the future because you're not in the presence. You don't know the promises of God that are applicable to life. You're fighting your storms. You're fighting your sleep. You're fight, and you're standing right outside. And he's saying, it's right in here. It's right in here. It's right in here. You won't rest. You want pace? Go ahead. Buy you some lavender essential oils. Get a diffuser. It might temporarily make you calm down. But your insides will still be warped as all get out. You can have a glass of wine. Just don't get drunk. I'm not, you can. But you're going to wake up tomorrow with you in your mess. And you want peace that surpasses all understanding? But you're not going to get it if you don't go into the tent. I'm going to tell you what happens in the tent. Come here, Shay. Relationship happens in the tent. Happens in the tent. Come on up. Pop wanted me to teach on this, so I'm going to give it to him. When you get in relationship, see, the more I know him, the more I know his promises, the more I know what I'm redeemed from. If I asked you what you're redeemed from today, how many of you in this room would know it? You know that you're redeemed, not just from spiritual death, because guess what? My redemption takes me up to heaven, but you're redeemed from sickness and disease. He, paid, he said he bore stripes on your, he said by his what? You were what? Not trying to get healed, already are the healed. But if you don't have relationship, you don't know that. See, relationship lets you know what you got. And when you know what you got, you know what else you got? Expectation. Because out of relationship, you know what else I find out? God wants me blessed. Now, he don't want me blessed so that you can hoard up a bunch of things on this earth because that's what the Bible says. All that's going to burn up. He wants you blessed so that you can be a blessing. If you've never met John Powers, he sits back here. I don't even, he just buys to give away. He make, listen, he doesn't, and every time we say, let me help you out, he's like, oh, he hums and hauls. Oh, no, it's all right. But do you want to know why? He lives an increased blessed life. Not so that he can keep it, so that he can give it. You need to have money. Because if you don't have any, you don't get to give any. And not just your tithes and regular, but your offerings. Paying for something. Don't you love it walking in and saying, man, that person across the restaurant, they're on my heart. I don't know them, but hey, let's pay for their meal. But if you ain't got 20, 40 extra bucks, you're not doing it. And when you start doing those kinds of things, it creates in you an expectation. An expectation. Derek, come on up. So when you have relationship and you have expectation, 
You know what you get to live a life of? Satisfaction. He says, I'll satisfy you with long life and show you my salvation. See, I'm going to tell you the problem, though. Too many people are just trying to get this, 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 this. I just want to be satisfied. Satisfy, satisfy me. I need the right job because I need to be satisfied. Give me a, I need the right spouse because, you know, they should satisfy me. You know, I need satisfied. I need a good meal. When I get a bad one, I am dissatisfied. I'll tell you what, there ain't nothing going to satisfy you because you're unsatisfiable because you don't live in relationship. Ain't your spouse going to fix you? And don't worry about that promotion because it ain't coming. Because you just grumble about that one too. Because the only thing that can satisfy you is this. Andy, come on. And the only way, hold it up, the only way you're going to get this and this and this is by this. And you know where time is? In the tent. In the tent. I don't need India. I need him. And he spent time in the presence of God. And I will have relationship and expectation and satisfaction. Amen. I'm over. You sit down. Thanks. I'm going to leave you with the scripture we started with. Hebrews chapter 19 through 23, the New Living Translation. So dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter into heaven's most holy place, this place, because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened up a new and living, life-giving way through the curtain of the most holy place. And since we have a high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right in to the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted.